This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, May 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Purdue prepares to negotiate for beef exports to China. USDA looks at expanding CRP acreage. Cotton producers blast senators over failed deal. And Purdue heading to Iowa this week. Getting China to lift its ban on U.S. beef is still a high priority for the Trump administration. USDA Secretary Sunday Purdue said yesterday he's willing to negotiate. One issue on the negotiating table? Chinese chicken. It's widely accepted by government and industry sources that China wants the U.S. to approve Chinese chicken for import before China lifts its ban on U.S. beef. And Purdue said that's likely to be key in talks. Purdue said, I think the fact is that the Chinese, from a capacity standpoint, are really not able to ship a lot of chicken over here, but they do want that USDA label. It's very important to them, so that may be something that's doable. We'll have to see. It's part of the negotiations. Purdue said President Donald Trump has asked him to prepare a document on the best way to get the Chinese to lift the ban. China buys about $2.6 billion worth of beef every year. That, according to the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, which is pushing hard for access to that market. USDA last year approved imports of Chinese chicken from several approved slaughterhouses, but the department still has not sent a proposed rule to the Office of Management and Budget to allow trade. USDA looks at expanding CRP acreage. There needs to be more acreage in the Conservation Reserve Program. That, according to USDA Chief Purdue, as he spoke with reporters yesterday, but he stressed it can be done in a smarter way than it has been traditionally. If farmers are allowed to enroll just the least productive portions of their fields, not a lot of acres need to be added to get the maximum impact. He said we've got the mapping technology to be able to do that, so it wouldn't be that many additional acres. It would just be taking the least productive acres out of production, which is better for farmers' bottom line and better for our overall supply and demand situation. Lawmakers cut the cap on the land idling program of the 2014 Farm Bill from 32 million acres to 24 million acres, and the program is at near capacity now. Last month, Senator John Thune announced new legislation to push up the cap by 6 million acres. Cotton producers blast senators over failed deal. It's rare that a farm group will openly criticize leaders of congressional committees that are critical to agriculture policy. After all, producers depend on bipartisan support for farm programs. But members of the National Cotton Council are blasting top Democrats on the Senate Agriculture and Appropriation Committees after a cotton provision was dropped from the Fiscal 17 Budget Agreement. The Cotton Group accused the Democrats of playing politics by trying to fund assistance for dairy farmers by cutting the cotton provision. NCC Chairman Ronnie Lee said the Senator's desire to help dairy producers somehow became a prerequisite for whether Congress would provide a policy to cotton producers to help respond to the ongoing financial and trade policy challenges. Stabenow argues that dairy producers needed help, too. She and Leahy wanted to shift about $800 million to dairy producers out of the estimated $4 billion that would have gone to cotton producers under the plan to make cotton seed eligible for the price loss coverage program. Allies of cotton producers say that cutting their provision would have undermined a delicate compromise within that industry. 
Suffice to say that work on the 2018 Farm Bill is off to a rocky start even before the committee begins writing the new legislation. Purdue headed to Iowa this week. Sources tell AgriPulse that Sonny Purdue will be traveling to Iowa at the end of this week, where he's scheduled to make several stops, including a visit to the USDA facility in Ames. Iowa Agriculture Secretary Bill Northey is widely considered a strong candidate to be USDA's Deputy Secretary, but it's unclear if a meeting with Purdue is on the schedule. Negotiations fail on new U.S.-Mexico sugar deal. The U.S. and Mexico have failed to reach an agreement on a new suspension agreement to limit Mexican sugar exports, that according to the U.S. Commerce Department late last night. Commerce called it an impasse and said it notified the Mexican government that the U.S. would have to begin collecting anti-dumping and countervailing duties on sugar imports on June 5th, unless there's a breakthrough. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said, While I regret that such measures were needed, it is my hope that Mexico and the United States can reach a fair agreement before June. There is no cap on Mexican sugar thanks to a NAFTA agreement. But in September 2015, Commerce ruled that Mexico was subsidizing its sugar shipments and allowing exporters to dump product into the U.S. at 40% below market prices. Mexico later agreed to the current suspension agreement that limits the country's exports in order to prevent retaliatory tariffs of about 80%. But U.S. sugar industry officials have complained for months that Mexico was abusing the deal. Budget deal grants USTR waiver. One thing that did make it into the budget agreement is a provision paving the way for Bob Lighthizer to get confirmed as U.S. Trade Representative. The provision gives Lighthizer a waiver for legal work that he did for overseas interests years ago. Democrats insisted that Lighthizer have the waiver, but Republicans didn't think it was necessary. The House and Senate are expected to approve the budget deal before a stopgap spending bill expires this Friday. FDA puts off menu labeling rules. FDA has made it official, announcing yesterday it will extend by a year the compliance date for menu labeling requirements. The extension to May 7, 2018 will allow FDA to consider opportunities to reduce compliance costs and enhance flexibility of the requirements. The National Restaurant Association supported the rule, but the Association of Convenience Stores and the National Grocers Association recently asked for more time to comply. The extension will be published in the Federal Register Thursday when the FDA will open a 60-day comment period on approaches to reduce regulatory burden or increase flexibility related to calorie disclosure signage for self-service foods, including buffets and grab-and-go foods. Methods for providing calorie disclosure information other than on the menu itself and criteria for distinguishing between menus and other information presented to the consumer. Organic Farms Appeal for Animal Welfare Rule Some 334 certified organic beef, pork, dairy, and poultry producers have signed a letter urging Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue to finalize an Obama-era rule tightening animal care standards for organic farms. The rule is slated to take effect May 19th unless Perdue delays it further. Some large organic egg producers have argued that they would be forced out of the market if the rule takes effect. Among other things, 
the rule would require producers to allow hens to have time to roam outside their barns. The producers that signed the letter say the rule strikes the right balance between meeting consumer expectations and the reality of commercial-scale food production. Wheat growers dig out of snow. The National Association of Wheat Growers President David Shim spent yesterday digging his wheat out from under 12 inches of snow, fearing that almost all of this year's crop got wiped out. The National Association of Wheat Growers CEO Chandler Gould said, we're looking at 43% of the Kansas wheat crop that has likely been destroyed. Gould said his organization sent photos of the frozen wheat to the Heritage Foundation to show why their advocacy arm is wrong on their position regarding crop insurance. Gould said, we need crop insurance and we need a new farm bill. When an entire year's crop just got wiped out, how do they expect people to provide food, feed, and fiber in this country? No sale of precision planting. Monsanto announced yesterday that it has abandoned plans to sell the precision planting equipment business to Deere and Company. Announced in November 2015, completion of the sales agreement had been delayed because of a Justice Department lawsuit that alleged the acquisition would virtually eliminate competition in the precision ag area. That litigation was headed for a trial in June. The Climate Corporation, a Monsanto subsidiary that owns Precision Planting, said it has spoken with several third parties that have expressed interest in buying the business. Deere, which said it was prepared to defend the agreement at trial, said it was terminating its digital ag connectivity agreement with the Climate Corporation. Monsanto said existing Climate Field View customers who currently use John Deere's wireless data server technology to stream data into their account would not be affected. Putnam to run for governor of Florida. Adam Putnam, Florida's state agriculture secretary, filed papers yesterday to run for governor of the Sunshine State next year. That according to a report by the Tampa Bay Times. Before heading Florida's agriculture department, Putnam represented the state's 12th congressional district in the U.S. House of Representatives, where he was a member of the House Agriculture Committee. Well, that's daybreak for this Tuesday, May 2nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson, and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.